You're listening to a SodaCon Sessions by Effective, live from a SodaCon 2023. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Asotacon Sessions presented by Effective. And we had a chance to catch up with Dr. Nicole Libkin, which is CEO of Equilibria Leadership. And obviously you had a great time on stage today with the opening keynote. I did. So first off, thanks for coming back again. It was so cool to officially meet you. I've seen everything you guys did last year. And obviously you had a chance to sit down with Alana Shabte last year too, which was great. Yes, yes. So also, let's see, your son. Charlie. Charlie, is he five? He's four and a half. He's four and a half. Okay. Yeah. When does he turn five? March. March. Okay. March. I'm like, when does he turn five? <laughs> I have a I have a three year old that turns four next month. Oh, so you're really knee deep into it too. Yeah. It's real fun, isn't it? Yeah. Real fun. It always changes all the time, doesn't it? It's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. So like one of the cool things about the way you presented things this morning is there's really applicable key takeaways yeah not only like as a leader but also as yourself like in the experience like you really need to understand your role yeah no it's it it it, it applies to we're human beings it applies to us throughout all the aspects of our life I mean I've taught my husband this so we can have an even stronger relationship and I know that like he like autonomy is his big one and for me fairness is my big one and, and like, so you, you can like, when you learn this about people, you can make sure, I mean, we are careful about tripping those things up or sure. acknowledging it, you know? Yeah. It works all across the board. Yeah. So like fairness and autonomy, like those, like sure they can overlap some, but I, I can see that there's a lot of that could be budding if you're not aware of it, right? Well, of course. I mean, like in any, I mean, I'm going to be really stereotypical here, but sure. I think in a lot of marriages. It's, it's the bell curve though, right? So it works for most people. Yes. <laughs> But no, but in a lot of marriages, you have, you know, and this is very stereotypical right now, but women who complain of like having the brunt of, you know, home care, child care and working exactly. and men complain about like, stop telling me what to do, stop nagging, all of that. Like, but it, if you look stereotypically at relationships, sure, um, this is a dynamic that plays out. But when you start to be aware of it, you can, you know, recognize, okay, I'm doing this to trip this up or or he or she is doing this to trip this up in me. And how can we resolve this better? Yeah. And even creating, you know, effective leadership, there's a lot of um, guiding that's going on. And it's really also understanding your team and how they interact with each other. But also like the interpersonal relationships, just, just like you talked about. So you and your husband. Yeah. The fact that you're able to really increase your relationship together yeah. and make it better overall. We're able to fight better. We're able to communicate <laughs> better. We're able yeah. to argue better. Like that's yeah. the goal of it. But, but that's yeah, the whole point. With, 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 with leadership, I mean, I don't, I don't care if you are leading a Fortune 50 company or just leading yourself. This stuff applies. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like we have to look at the impact we have on ourselves and the people around us. We have to be... You know, we have to look at our emotional footprint. Yeah, that's and right. And we have to take responsibility for it and really look at how we're showing up and how we're impacting people. And, you know, I think one of the things, and I was talking to someone a little bit before, one sure. of the things that really frustrates me, it's like we're done with the days of like calm, cool, collected, you know, in a <laughs> box leadership. Like, give me yeah. a break. People want human. People want real. Like, it's about being a little bit vulnerable. It's about like... Sure. Being able to be like, ah, I screwed up and have a conversation around it. You don't have to be always put together. Sure. In fact, it's super odd when other people around you are like flipping out or like, like, look at COVID. Sure. 
I think this was really important. And that was a big topic you had last year is how that changed everything. Mental agility. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, I think, you know, during times of stress and we're all living in a time, we've been living in stress way before COVID now, all of it. I don't know why I'm yelling so much, but I am. (laughs) You're that passionate. That's why. (laughs) It's, it's, It's like, it's weird to me because, you know, during that time, the reality is, is showing a little bit of vulnerability actually helps other people feel like it's okay to be exactly. vulnerable. Exactly. But when someone is just so calm, cool, and collected and like everything is tied up so tight, it can make people feel weird, like something's wrong with them if they're feeling a certain way. And that's why I think these, you know, these basic needs, these core emotional concerns that we were talking about today, if we can just start there, and obviously I just scratched the surface. Like sure. We only had... You only had 45 minutes, come on. Yeah, like, we didn't have time. So just scratch the surface, yeah. but like... Man, when we can learn to work with these and we can apply these in our day in and day out and learn to like work on our own defensiveness around them, it really magic really does happen. Sure. And just like you said, the fact that you can have an open conversation with someone about the fact that like you screwed up as a as opposed yes. to like feeling so put together about everything. Yes. And I mean, so it's one, it's really cool anytime that we can have someone like yourself that isn't in automotive retail all the time Yeah, that can come in and like, tell us where we screw up all the time, which yep. like it's, and it's, it's perfect because you have GMs, GSMs who have been in automotive for decades yeah. that are still doing it and they are still managing yeah. and leading like it's 1984. <laughs> well, one of my philosophies at my company at Equilibrium Leadership yeah. is we are industry and size agnostic for a reason. Sure. If I only worked in one industry yeah, yeah. for my entire life, I would be biased. Sure. I wouldn't be able to But in a way, don't you work in one industry? The people industry? I work in the people industry, but that's across across the world, across the board. Sure. But it allows me to be unbiased. And I think this is where we again, this is where we have blind spots. When we're working like we have professional liabilities when you're working in the same job in the sure. same industry over and over. Your professional liabilities that you don't see outside of it. Yeah. Or you don't see. You get see, blinders on eventually, don't you? You get blinders you? on. Absolutely. And I think that's why it's important to like have people that don't have blinders on. Yeah. To really come in and help diagnose and help move past. And, you know, it, it, like listening to some of the other things today, you know, it's interesting. Some of the most progressive companies that I worked with throughout COVID were the ones that did culture assessments. And what that is, it's looking at a company qualitative and qu- qualitatively and quantitatively. Sure. And allowing us to come in and talk to everyone and get people to open up and co-create collaboratively with everyone in the company a blueprint going forward. Sure. The reason why that is so effective is because when we're day in and day out, working in the same industry, same business, all of that, sleep, eat, and bleed it, you start to make assumptions about what the issues are. You start to make assumptions about what the problems are. You start to make assumptions of why people leave. Sure. Or you start to make assumptions of, of why you can't attract people and blame it on things like generation or young people or this or that or people but only want money. it's all excuses, money. right? It's excuses. What we have to actually do, just like with these core emotional concerns, we actually sure. have to step back, take our defensive down, defenses down, yeah. and really start figuring out what are the people needing and wanting, not what I assume. Sure. And how can we work on this together? 
that's what works. Yeah. And there's a ton of legacy dealers out there, legacy operators that they're, they're doing the same thing over and over again, yes. but they're not going through and trying that vulnerability right. so that they can really understand what people need. Right. Because to be vulnerable, they have to say, we're not doing things the right way right now to right. the highest degree that we could be doing. And that sucks. It does. It sucks to like what has worked for you always all of a sudden not working as much. It sucks. And it sucks to have to take a look in the mirror and be like, all right, let me really look at it. Let me stop making these assumptions. Let me really get down and diagnose what's going on. And sometimes that diagnosis a lot of times points to the leadership team, the middle management, because a lot of times we tolerate sure. behaviors. The, the person in the mirror. <laughs> Yep. And we tolerate behaviors from other managers just because we're so busy and we need those people and we need the institutional knowledge and You're all right. of that stuff. But the minute you start tolerating mediocre, you become mediocre. Yeah. You know, or the minute you start tolerating SH blank T, <laughs> you become SH blank T, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so... Again, there's stuff that we can do, but it is a little painful. It is a little Of course. It's painful. I think it's painful when you realize if you're if you're a manager, you're a leader and you're a true mentor trying to make not only business better, but you're trying to make the lives of your employees better, even outside of what yep. you're doing within the business. I think that that's hard because it's saying that you don't know what to do and you don't have all the right answers and you have to try and figure that out together, especially right. like cultural assessments because that will figure out where you're at right now and it will tell you the true components of every aspect of, right. what, of what your team is right. and what they really feel. And where they want to be. That's yeah, the yeah, part. Right, right. Like I think, you know. I th and it and gives I, you the roadmap. Exactly. And build that blueprint together because I think, you know, when it comes to that kind of work, it's we're used to doing employee employee surveys, which, you know, if I had my way. <laughs> sure. Can we just rip them all up and throw them out the window? Like, they're so... They're still on paper, aren't they? They're not great. Like, they're not designed to get at the heart of things. Sure. These kind of assessments are designed, like, the, quali the quantitative is the assessment piece, but the qualitative is getting people to open up and talk about it and buy into what a future could look like. Like, that's the thing. It's like, here we are now. Here's what the future could like look like. Yes. Yeah. Sign me up. Like, let's go do this and all together. And here's how you can move towards it together as a team. That's the difference. That's yeah. what happens. And it's it's really beautiful. And I think when companies and teams and leaders start doing this together and doing this work, like, that's where these core emotional concerns also start coming out and you start recognizing. Like, it's, it's really, I could talk about this for hours. Sure. But it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible what can happen. And if I'm saying, like, look, in a marriage, it can make a huge difference. Well, yeah. Of course, in a team, of course, in a diet, of course, in leadership, yeah. it can make a difference. Or as a parent, too. It literally oh, parent, can change forget everything. About it. <laughs> forget about yeah. it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So obviously, we had a packed house this morning yeah. for your for your opening keynote. Mm -hmm. What would be three key takeaways or maybe even one or two for people that you want to be able to take home with them away from a SodaCon this year? Hmm. From that? From from you specifically. Okay. I think one, it's like, oh, if we could just drop the feedback thing is important. Yeah. Okay. Like I, that's number one. Like if we can just figure out a way to stop getting so defensive and let our egos get in the way, 
and just hear the feedback and care about it. Yeah. And I know I stress that. We are so bad at giving and receiving feedback. We're so like, there's such, there's a fragility around our egos that like, we're going to like, wait, let me explain. No, 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 no. You know, it's kind of like when you're parenting a toddler. Sure. And that toddler says, I want, you know, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you give them the peanut butter and jelly sandwich and then they scream, no, right? It's like you, there's no winning. It's like, you know, my life. It's like, cause I know my life too. Constant <laughs> <laughs> no. But it's, and I, this analogy isn't working well, but bear with me, but it's kind of like, it's the same thing with getting feedback. It's like, we're so quick to defend, but if we just hear people, these are other people's perceptions and so much movement and personal development can happen. And don't we like, don't we want to keep on evolving till we die? Yeah. So feedback is one. And I think the same, like with caring enough to give the feedback, we can learn to do that better. Um, and the other takeaway I, I would say is like, again, it's that last thing I said, it's like, once you learn how to work with human behavior, like you can't lose. It's a lot of times all this, these initiatives and all these things we're doing are actually working against human behavior. Like humans are actually more simple. We're more simple than we think. We have feelings. I mean, we're complicated, but sure. like, you know, there's basic needs that we want, like being appreciated, like yeah. having fair management practices. And I didn't get to talk about all the cultural things and leadership things that we can do to help these. Yeah. But we want to be appreciated. We want to feel part of things. Like these are basic things. They're not that complicated. But we have to like kind of hear what we do well and hear what we don't to be yeah. able to make to evolve. Yeah. So Dr. Lipkin, like the two things that really stuck out to me right there was yeah. the appreciation aspect. Yeah. And then also feeling like you're a part of the team. Yeah. Because once you fix those two problems, especially with like on a team interpersonal yeah. relationships, like I'm not going to say that fixes everything, but that gets you pretty far. It can get you pretty far, but I do have to say it has to be done sincerely. Like the people. Authenticity. Yeah. Authentic. And yeah, I yeah. hate that word. What's a better word than authenticity? There is no better word. <laughs> I, but I hate that word, but there's no better word. But that's the reality. Like one yeah. of the things that's really important is like when you're faking it to check off a checkbox. Sure. We are really good at picking up each other's stuff. You mean like when I say sorry to my wife just to say I'm sorry? Mm -hmm. She's very good at picking she that up. She can pick up on that. We can pick up on this stuff. So if you yeah. can't do it for real, it's almost better not to do it and just acknowledge it. Sure. And then go on the side and go get your executive coaching to get better at it. Because the reality is when we feign this stuff, it can do more damage. Sure. Well, Dr. Lipkin, thank you for taking a few yeah. minutes out of your busy day. Like it's thank awesome you. to hear from you at your opening keynote. It's awesome to spend some time with yeah. you. And people can check you out at Equilibria Leadership. EquilibriaLeadership.com or LinkedIn. It's Dr. Nicole Lipkin. That's great. So Dr. Lipkin, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. For joining us. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Asotu Khan session by Effective. If you want more content like this, you can check out our other podcasts. We have a daily show called The Automotive Troublemaker, Monday through Friday, here on podcasts, also live streamed on YouTube and LinkedIn and Facebook. We also have a long form podcast called Auto Collabs. Auto Collabs. And if you just want to go a little deeper into this community, you should sign up for our regular email. We put our heart and soul into it. You can get it for free by going to asotu.com. We'll see you next time.